on me. <laughs> well, hello and welcome to uh, another episode of Diz After Dark. I'm actually, uh, I'm not sure what episode this is. Mr. Dolan, any idea? Uh, no, it's one more than the last one. I know one that for more, a fact. One more from the last one. Yeah. Um, as you can you can hear from my voice, I am Nick. And I am Paul D. Yes, and we're joined by two people for what is uh, Season 4, Episode 9. It'd be more professional if I had that going when I first started the show, but <laughs> that's, that's never been our style. Um, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Boniface is still um, away um, I believe capturing terrorists of Jack Bauer. Uh, I, I think so. I mean, yeah. we, we 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 never know exactly where he is and what he's doing, but yeah, yeah. But we're we, pretty confident that's where he is. Mm-hmm. And I think Mr. Lucas is is driving trains. Yeah, real ones rather than toy ones. But we have not one, but two amazing guests. One who has been a guest before, and one who is new. That's a show, so uh, I don't mind, guys, between yourselves, introduce yourselves. All right, well, uh, I'm Ben Lancaster. I'm the writer-director of The Further Adventures of Walt's Frozen Head, um, which is an independent film that we shot partially without permission at Walt Disney World. And, um, well, Daniel? Uh, Daniel Cooksley, and um, I got to participate in this uh, fantastic film. Uh, Daniel was the uh, the star of the film, with the possible exception of Walt. <laughs> Give credit where credit is due, Mr. Disney. Quite <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, obviously, we, we had been on um, before when you were still running uh, the Kickstarter for mm-hmm. uh, the project um, and, and past that goal, so that was great. And um, you recently, how long ago was it? About three weeks ago? Uh, about three weeks now, yeah. yes. Yeah, uh, the trailer, the first trailer came out. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's the first trailer. Will there be a, a trailer a bit later on for the film? <clears throat> um, yes, we're probably going to have three uh, trailers total. This is what we're calling our first teaser trailer, and it's partially just a teaser because we don't yet see Walt. Mm. Um, and th- mm. there's some technical reasons for that, but beyond, uh, besides that, we haven't cast Walt yet, so that's kind <laughs> of uh, one of the big reasons we that's, don't see Walt at this point. That's quite a technical one. And speaking of technical things, mm-hmm. um, I've been left in charge tonight of the mouse's head, um, and I'm the designated driver of not just a car, but also the sound as well. So if you've got any complaints with the uh, the quality of this week's edition of Disaster Dark, you can, of course, contact us via our website at www.disasterdark.com or email us at podcast at disasterdark.com. And of course, we're on Twitter at DisasterDark, Facebook.com forward slash DisasterDark, and various other Instagram, Pinterest, etc. Yeah, uh, Bebo, I imagine. Bieber, I don't know, Teletext. Bieber, um, that's something different. Yeah, all that, all that kind of uh, crap as well. Um, and before we, we go on to talk some more about the film, um, it'd be rude for me to continue the show without uh, asking people what we're drinking tonight. Well, I'm happy to start. Um, I have a passion fruit and apple uh, cider. It's an old moot cider. So uh, I, I can't quite come up with a Disney connection to this, but still, cheers, everybody. <laughs> Sounds great. Ben? Uh, I have a Not Your Father's Root Beer, um, which I, I don't see a Disney connection per se, but if they're going to serve anything alcoholic on Main Street USA, my guess is it would probably be something like this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I've actually heard of it. I'm not, I mean, we don't, we don't get that in the UK as yet, but um, 
yeah, I actually listened to another podcast where they were drinking uh, that very beverage. So uh, it mm-hmm. sounded quite interesting. So, cool, excellent. Uh, Daniel? Uh, I am drinking a double espresso. Uh, and the connection with that is I don't think you can really go anywhere without seeing a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> In Walt Disney World these days, that's true. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and as I am Des, I am with uh, a Pepsi Max cherry. Uh, or as our American friends call it, a Wild Cherry Pepsi Max. No, Wild Cherry Pepsi, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Um, but yeah, so we've already started to discuss it. And, um, you know, as backers ourselves are of the project, very excited to see the teaser trailer. And um, I, I've got to be honest, you know, when we, we had you on, um, oh God, what was it, about seven, eight months ago now, possibly? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the idea of the film, um, which we'll talk about again in a minute for people that may not have heard the first show, but the original concept of the film, you know, sounded great, really funny, uh, a nice, interesting twist on um, the, the kind of stories about, you know, what happened to Walt um, when he passed away. Um, and, you know, we we liked the idea. Uh, we wanted to, to help with the Kickstarter campaign, but to be honest, the, the trailer that came out, I, I, you know, blown away by really mm-hmm. really impressed with the quality of it all wow you yeah. scared the way it was setting up there i didn't know if it was, <laughs> it was just like oh you know what the pitch was good and we loved it uh all right so good you had me on and money then we contacted money. kickstarter to see if we can get our money back you know there, there was there was that end possible i know that me and mr dolan do come across as stadler and wardorf sometimes but even even we wouldn't be doing that um yeah this is not the this is not like the backlash that's uh, happening with another disney project at the moment the uh the dark side of disney which doesn't seem to be uh, pleasing the Disney community as much as it probably should have done, um, but but no, I mean, you know, it, it's I was always interested in seeing what what you did with with the story, um, yeah. and, and we keep kind of tiptoeing around this. So for those people that didn't hear our first show and hear you talk about it the first time, can you please tell us a little bit more uh, about the film? Um, well, the premise of the film starts off at the very beginning by establishing that. Um, Walt has been cryogenically frozen, at least his head has, and every year they thaw him out to get his direction for the company for the next year, and, you know, essentially they, uh, they get one weekend with Walt a year, but they don't ever let him up to see the park that he created. So he's beneath the Magic Kingdom and, um, is, is not allowed to go upstairs, if you will, and, and see the, the vision that he had in the head for the, uh, for Walt Disney World. And one fateful evening um daniel's character peter wanders down into the utilidors and stumbles across walt who is in the middle of this weekend of uh being allowed to be thought out and walt convinces peter to take him up and show him the park for the first time <laughs> it's a great idea and i mean not only is it a great idea but i mean i've seen a little bit of the behind the magic to mm-hmm. uh reference another podcast um of, of what you've done and how you've been able to do that, but the scenes in the trailer where it's it's the underground of um, the park, mm. you know, if I didn't know any better, I could quite believe that is where you actually filmed it. Good job, you know. Man. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, we had a, we had an excellent <laughs> production designer, um, and we had an excellent uh, uh, director of cinematography who both really went above and beyond in creating the look of of. Um, that type of area and you know besides that we just had locations that absolutely fell into place at the right time 
um, for us to be able to film in them. So I, I can't take all the credit. Yeah, I'd take, I, I mean, let's be honest. At the moment, we've got yourself on, on this show and the lead actor. Mm-hmm. No one else is involved with the production. So who's going to argue about how much credit you want to take? A oh, fair point. Okay, I'll take I'll take uh, ninety, and Daniel can take ten for how the Utilidors looked. Uh, you know what? It's funny um, to you know shooting in those locations. Uh, you know the the beauty of of uh, you know being an actor is that one of the things that you really have to do is is trust um, your director and trust his vision because I don't necessarily see what the camera is seeing and and. Um, you know, being in these locations. So shooting, you know, to do a film and then to go back and see it, you, you forget, I forget, you know, so as I'm watching that trailer, I just in that short amount of time, even though I was there obviously, and I, I did it, the, the, you know, the, the picture that's being uh, painted with that camera, um, it was, it was amazing to see, uh, uh, you know, just that little snippet of it. So it's it's pretty incredible to you know to to get lost in that um, uh, really you know so for myself so that must be a you know a nice treat uh, hopefully for those who uh, you know who who actually do see it if any of that makes sense mm-hmm. <laughs> no absolutely yeah. yeah and I mean obviously this is not in the same um, <laughs> the same level at all but I know what you mean about when you you see something after the event. Um, you've not, you know, you, you were there at the time, and then you go back and see it a long time afterwards. Because even with something simple like uh, a video that you shoot on your holiday, so you know, I filmed a lot while I was on our honeymoon, um, and we honeymooned um, at Disney World and and Orlando and parts around there. And looking, watching the video afterwards, like a few months down the line. And I was filming a lot of it, but you forget certain bits and pieces. Some of it is is still clear as day, but other things you go, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So, you know that, you know, for most people, it, it is something that we can relate to. But from your point of view and being an actor and it being a production, even more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's such a treat. You know, it's uh, it'll it, it's a because I hate seeing myself uh, uh, on screen and. Uh, it it allows me to really escape into that, and I'm not necessarily watching myself per se. Uh, you know, I'm I'm watching this story that's being uh, unfolded, and uh, and I love it, and I can't wait to see you know uh, the, the finished product. Honestly, mm-hmm. Ben, am I, am I right in thinking? Um, I'm sure I've read this somewhere that uh, this is this is your first production, your first major production. No, this no, is. this is. Oh, this I'm is. I'm sorry. Who was oh, that? Daniels. Or? No, no, yours, yours, Ben. Oh, um, uh, no, this is actually my third feature film, but this is definitely the, the biggest and most ambitious Hang one on, that I've worked on. Let me go on. and find the person that's on that so I can shoot them. Okay. <laughs> but carry on. He may be shooting somebody else right now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Daniel has had a, a fairly extensive career in, uh, in theater here in Orlando specifically. And this was my first, uh, my first feature. Uh, you know, yeah. I had been a part of uh, several shorts, and as Ben mentioned, I've been in the theater community for uh, for a good fourteen years um, in Orlando. And I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was going to make a really crappy joke, so carry on. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and so, being um, you know, 
in Orlando for that amount of time, uh, you know, I've worked at I've worked at Disney, not necessarily as uh, one of the uh, uh, Disney employees. I was uh, worked for a subcontract company that um, you know that that uh, did the bird show there, but I was around it. Um, but there is some there's a sense of representing. Um, Florida and uh, Orlando and, and Disney in that sense that I, I maybe it's just something that I put on my own but it's like wow because I just judging off of the response from the trailer which in a matter of a couple of days I'm, uh, we, we exploded over like 10,000 views I'm not even sure what it's up to now but there's a sense of uh, almost like Okay, now all eyes are on this uh, on this film, and the beauty of it is, is that I think that we have uh, that it's been constructed um, in a sense that you know it 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 doesn't bash anything about Disney. It's not there. It doesn't paint a bad picture. I think it's a beautiful uh, beautiful story. So for me to have this uh, my first feature film, um, I, I couldn't be more pleased and more excited to be uh, to be truthful. Wow. Yeah. No, I was the, the the crappy joke that I was going to make when you said about uh, appearing in, in several shorts is that that's similar to my experience in Orlando um, when I went to Universal and was on the Popeye ride. I think I went through several pairs of shorts that day. Okay, <laughs> on the Popeye ride, huh? Wow. Yeah, well, it's, it, I, it, I, I'm obviously the person that sits in the wrong place every time because I've never been as wet in my life. Oh, I see. On that I ride. See. Oh yeah, okay. not not the other Such reason why. Scared you? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I am the pussy of the team. Um, I've demonstrated that quite a few times. Like I've never been on the Hulk, um, but uh, you know, even I can tolerate that kind of thing. That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny you said that um, that you know that the film obviously isn't in any way anti Disney, and and it doesn't seem to be from the from the trailer. But has there been any reaction from from the Disney company? I mean, have you, or even even you know, from people you know who work for the company, have you had any kind of reaction to the trailer and and the progress of the project? You know, we've been uh, keeping our ear pretty close to the ground, and thus far, we've not heard anything. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is that they're taking the approach of not wanting to give us the free publicity, um, which is probably the uh, the one that is uh, going to suit them the best. So, um, we'll see. I hope they continue with that policy because that makes life a little bit easier for us. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And as, as for myself being, uh, you know, being in the acting community in Orlando, um, I know many people who have, uh, you know, who have worked for the company, um, and who are very passionate, you know, who are very passionate about, uh, about Disney and they are crazy excited to, uh, to, to see it, you know, very personal friends that work there say, mm. you know, okay, you know, keep us, uh, keep us in the loop, keep us in the loop. And they're following on Twitter and, and Facebook. And, uh, mm. so, uh, yeah, there's, there hasn't been one, there's a couple of, uh, like Facebook groups that, um, that I did, I did share, uh, mm-hmm. um, the trailer with, and only one came back where the lady, she was a little, you know, she's like, well, you know what, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't allow anything that was, that was, uh, not recognized by the, by the park. I mean, it wasn't necessarily bashing per se, but as for negative feedback, that's all I've seen. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm pretty, pretty tight with the, uh, the Orlando, the Orlando community. 
Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I think that's always, as Paul said, one of those things that when you, and I, I was discussing this concept um, with some friends a few months ago, and um, our friend is is very obsessed with Walt Disney, has always been obsessed with Walt Disney. I mean, with, with everything to do with Disney, but with the, per, the man himself as well. And explain this kind of concept, and it was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. But that's the thing. I think when you see the execution of it, it's slightly different. So you know, for that reason, mm. I, I think I'd like to think that people can see that it's it's uh, a, a tribute more than you know, a, I don't know what a piss take. I don't know. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, an, an insult. You know. Absolutely. And something, you know, for, for myself, um, see, I grew up in California and uh, right outside of Anaheim where the, uh, uh, you know, obviously Disneyland is located. And I have a couple of memories of, um, of Disneyland when I was a kid, but I did not, it, it's, I'm 43 now and it's, I don't know if they've just been locked away or uh, not in a bad way, but Honestly, going to Disney when I was uh, when we were when we were on when we went into uh, to do our thing, it really brought back uh, so many memories. And I and I remember pulling Ben aside when we were going to It's a Small World because I hadn't been on even though I was employed at Animal Kingdom, I never went to the any of the other uh, parks. Wow! And okay. so anyway, going going into uh, It's a Small World, there's that one very. Uh, you know the traditional Ben. I'm sure you uh, you could the, the the rocking thing right out in front of the uh, the uh, entrance. It's the, the clock. smile, the clock, the clock okay. tower. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. smiling thing. Uh, no, the clock. And it immediately took me back to uh, to uh, being you know six seven years old, and just being there and uh, uh, in that in the story that we're telling. Um, you know, as the actor, you know, like trying to understand. Uh, you know, to dissect the script and, and dissect where these characters are coming through and the story that's being told. It's really a beautiful, beautiful story. And so in addition to, uh, you know, reading the script and then going into the park, it was beautiful. It was such a nostalgic uh, feeling for me. And it really, you know, pushed in and brought back memories as a, as a, as a kid. So that is when I knew that it's like, okay, well, if I, that we're doing something that, uh, you know, I think that will really reach a lot of people that, uh, you know, it is a touching and warm story. And, and so really, you know, it's, I, it would be hard for me to think that there would be any backlash from anybody uh, about it. Yeah. Oh, you'll always, you'll always find ways to, uh, to get somebody offended. We've done it numerous <laughs> times. We well, think, yeah, think but... well, no, I mean, nothing wrong. Sometimes it has been because, We've been out of line, but other times when it's like, really, that's the thing that's bothering you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Never that's mind. true. Um, so, go on, Paul. I was just going to say, you know, when when uh, when you were shooting in the park, the, those sort of sequences. I mean, um, obviously, you were you were being somewhat covert there. Mm-hmm. Um, how how much of a challenge has that been? And did you hit any particular problems or any particular uh, situations when you were filming in the park? You know, it it all really came down to planning, um, and I think those those few days we did shoot in the park or on property were were our most planned days. Certainly, even though we had a very small crew and a very small number of people, um, we have a text chain somewhere of uh, 
of, you know, what everyone was saying. And it was, you know, go or now or we, you know, we had our scouts looking for security guards who were paying us too much attention and that sort of thing. Um, But it really came down to a lot of pre-planning and knowing exactly what we needed to get so that once we got it, we knew we were allowed to move on, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, you know, we had sort of the protocols in place for, you know, we disperse and then we we come back and, and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it, it, that was really part of the fun for us. Um, you know, it, it was it was definitely a challenge to see if we could do it. Um, obviously, we didn't shoot as much as like Escape from Tomorrow did, um, you know, where their literal entire film was shot in the in the parks. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was something that that we wanted to uh, um, to definitely try. So mm-hmm. I've still not got rounds of watching that film, actually. Um I meant to because it was on Netflix, but I never, mm-hmm. I never did. Have you, did you actually get to see that before as, as part of your kind of prep for this? Yeah, yeah, I had seen it before, um, and really even before we had started making the project, I had checked it out. Yeah, I think I started watching it and yeah, kind of give give up on it a bit, really. Okay, kind of like that is it? I like, I like the way Ben, as a filmmaker, has kind of decided not to really make any kind of judgment on that film, which could be wise. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I like it. I like the integrity there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't want to, it was a film that was not made for the Disney fan community. It was, it was made for, for people sort of outside of that. And I think it kind of shows and the, you know, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but um, I think a lot of people within the Disney fan community weren't as thrilled about it um, for that reason among, yeah. among a few others. Yeah. Now, I'm a massive fan. Now, let me rephrase that. I used to be a massive fan of uh, the 1989 comedy, loosely comedy, Weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard you talk about this, that was the first thing that came into my head was, you know, that. Did you use that film and the performances as inspiration? Uh, I can't speak to the performances, Daniel. Was that something that ever crossed your mind? Um, I, I honestly know, which is you know, which is funny. It was uh, I was a big fan of the uh, film back in uh, back in the nineties. That mannequin, uh, and we could the list could go on. Um, um, but no, I, I didn't really. Uh, I can definitely and, see the connection. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's also that kind of that kind of comedy style at parts of it. You know, that sort of over the top farcical. Um, thing, but, but I, yeah, I, I hadn't had, even thought about that. But I had to communicate with them. They didn't necessarily have communication with uh, with uh, right. Bernie Bernie True. Lomack Lomack, I think his name was. Um, uh, but the, you know, like the, the communication, you know, uh, having to communicate with uh, with a box, and it was because I've had friends and you know people that they, well, how was that? Uh, and. It was uh, one of right off the bat. Everybody, you know, like immersed themselves in this, uh, you know, false reality of what we were doing. Um, as as for uh, by that I mean like myself and then the rest of the crew, and we're carrying around this bag with its, you know, quote unquote, Walt. And it was by the uh, by the end of the first day, it was as if he was a person. You know, that's like, all right, you got Walt, you're going to carry Walt. I got Walt. All right, who's going to take Walt? And mm-hmm. It was, I, I think, in that sense, when you're around everybody that, I mean, if you were the only, even, even as an actor, but if you were the only one that was necessarily recognizing this as, you know, as uh, trying to convey that this is a real person and everybody else is just like not giving into that. Uh, but it, it was, but I, it, 
I don't necessarily think that every anybody was making a choice. I just think inadvertently, everybody started just that. That was Walt, and then by the end of the the run, that's he was a fixture. This, you know, either the bag or this uh, the apparatus that was uh, that was made to uh, that constructed to hold his head. Mm. Um, so to get lost in that, I, I never really uh, associated it with uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Um, yeah. You know, I, I hate to uh, burst your bubble, Daniel, but some of that was actually intentional. Um, it, me and Tyler had actually talked about beforehand how we were going to sort of create that reality on set. And uh, I'm glad to hear that it actually sort of worked me? out that way. See, no, no, no. It was, yeah, <laughs> there was. So, uh, you know, Walt got was on the call sheet every day under actors, you know, and uh, just several other little details that we did intentionally to make sure uh, that it was it was seen as sort of an actor instead of a prop. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that's, and obviously, uh, it worked and, um, uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. It's, I guess it's no different than, you know, you going on set and people recognizing you as your character's name, you know, instead of your given name, um, whether it's something that is done, like I said, on purpose or if it's done inadvertently, uh, as the actor, it's just a little easier to, uh, you know, to lose yourself in that. Good times. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, I, I was going to tell the uh, the one story about uh, not almost getting caught, but but a uh, an interesting event. And Daniel wasn't actually here for this one, uh, but we were shooting um, with a uh, with the dad and the little girl scene. Daniel, do you remember that one where we went into the park after shooting one day? I don't think you, I, you weren't in the park, but yeah, I wasn't. Um, with you we were going to that. shoot some. Yeah, we were going to shoot some B-roll, and so we were there in the park, and we were had shot a little before the sun went down. We were waiting for the sun to go down, so we were grabbing dinner at uh, at Gaston's Tavern. And we go over there, and, and I pay for the pork shanks um, using the then-company credit card, which is registered under Just a Head in a Jar, LLC. Um, <laughs> awesome. So I, so I pay for the pork shanks, uh, and... Um, the I, I get overcharged, so they have to bring the manager out and take one of you know they charge me for four instead of five or instead of three or something like that. And the manager comes over and he looks down at the card, and at that moment I realize there's just a head in a jar printed on this card as a business <laughs> debit card, and he reads it, and I can see him mouth to himself, "Just a head in a jar." <laughs> pauses for a second, shrugs his shoulders, and hands it back to me and says, have a nice day. But in that moment, I thought, oh my goodness, this is this is going down right blown. here. The game yeah. is up. Yeah. <laughs> the manager blown. gets on the radio. We've got a code 10 here. Code 10. <laughs> so, I mean, Daniel, can I ask how you found it, you know, talking to a prop in that way? Because, I mean, I think... You know, if you've ever seen, uh, if anyone that's listened has ever seen things like the making of Roger Rabbit, um, or, or films like that where somebody's clearly talking to something that's not physically there at the time, um, it, it's you know it's a lot of hard work because you've really got to make it appear that you are talking to what you are. So, how did you kind of get over that hurdle? Um, well, I haven't seen the film, so I don't even know if I got over that hurdle. <laughs> well, let, let's just assume that you have. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, that it wouldn't be so tough if you just, if it was just, uh, say, I guess it wouldn't be a conversation if it was one way. But the, the, the difficult uh, um, aspect of it was, um, you know, like to have that banter back and forth uh, if there was, you know, uh, and... 
you know, we always had somebody that was, uh, you know, obvious off, off, uh, you know, off in the back that they would read those lines. And uh, for the most part, it, there wasn't too much inflection. And kind of meet their, uh, you know, their level of whatever emotion or, uh, and you can just kind of ride that tide or vice versa. And so if I was to say what it was the most difficult aspect of it is really trying to put myself in this fake reality of, of speaking with this gentleman that, you know, that's, um, A, it's not only somebody that's not there, it's, not, it's somebody that's not there, it's somebody that is in a jar, and it's Walt Disney, you know, it's, it's Mr. Walt. And so trying to put all of that into one um, I, I took it as a as a wonderful, wonderful challenge, uh, one that I hadn't uh, hadn't uh, had um, in the past, and you know, the, in the beginning it was a little uh, it was a little difficult, but as it uh, as it went on, just as much as we all got lost in the fact that you know there was uh, you know somebody there, uh, I adapted to it as well. Uh, and so we'll, you know, we'll see. And just judging by a couple of the, uh, where, where I really felt it was when um, we had to go in and do some ADR. Um, and it's, you know, trying to, 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 to uh, uh, bring, A, the emotions that were in that scene and then match or match what you think the emotions of, say, uh, you know, the head had. And um, yeah, it is. A, it was no doubt a, a wonderful challenge, and uh, and I appreciate the uh, the uh, the leg up with that. But and hopefully it uh, it comes off, uh, and people can get lost in the fact that you know that th hopefully they can get lost in it just as much as as I did, or uh, you know, or the rest of the crew did. That um, you know that he wasn't actually there. Mm. And for those that don't know, ADR stands for. Um, automated dialogue replacement. So that's where, because I, I, I couldn't remember what the <laughs> it stood for, but it's effectively where you would go and re-record dialogue that may not have been captured at the time of, of recording. Mm -hmm. yeah. And specifically, we have to do that because we weren't carrying sound equipment into the parks with us. Um, you know, so we were recording all the all the sound off the onboard mic on the camera which isn't good enough for the final film mm. so for those scenes we have to throw out all the old audio bring the actors back in and get them to say their lines matching up to the uh, lip sync on the on the picture wow that's uh that must be quite a challenge i mean i'm obviously interested a bit in that as well because uh you know i i opted um for a credit in the film um as your silent foley artist <laughs> um so obviously the, the sound of the film is very important to me and i you know i can't wait to get some studio time in order to record uh the silent sounds for the film oh you you head over here to orlando we'll get you as much silent uh foley time as you need <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds like a plan sounds like now a plan. now the foley booth for the silent foley is also invisible so you know that's going to be a thing but and in an unknown location Mm -hmm. That sounds like some of the jobs I've done before, actually. <laughs> now, Dan, just one quick thing I wanted to ask you as well. Um, you obviously mentioned about the fact that um, you were quite um, visible on, on the theatre scene in, in Orlando. Um, 
we have obviously a lot of listeners that go out to Orlando quite often over the years. Is there anywhere that these people could have seen you possibly? In when I was there? Yes. Uh, in, in other productions? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, sorry, Wait. so I'm talking about the, the, the theatre work you were doing. What kind of theatre work was it? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. I've, I've worked in uh, probably every, uh, uh, most every uh, theater in Orlando at one time or another. Um, I most recently finished a, uh, finished a show called The Flick, um, Annie Baker. And, uh, and I was actually just nominated uh, in Broadway World for Best Lead Actor in that uh, 2015. Um, wow. Some, Great. Well uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh, some noteworthy, or some, some of the other productions, very proud of, uh, Killer Joe um, by Tracy Letts, uh, One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that, I, I mean, I, I say it with a, uh, you know, with a, uh, with a humble smile that, you know, that my name has, uh, you know, I've been in, uh, hopefully uh, after doing theater in Orlando for uh, 14 years, people would recognize the name. But I'm proud to say that, uh, you know, I did make a name for myself there. Oh, that's really good. That's good. Does that answer that question? Did I, did I answer the correct question? Was that yeah. the question that was asked? Okay. Yeah. And, and we did have the issue, do you remember, Daniel, going in on the first day? Um, where you were a little too recognizable to the uh, cast member who was uh, who was uh, um, operating the uh, magic band scanner. Oh, absolutely. So on that, now I feel a little silly um, uh, on the uh, answering that question. Am I recognizable enough that when I walk through Disney, people recognize me? Um, I've, I'm sure that there are uh, places that uh, yes, that I would recognize people, but it's not something that I was necessarily worried about um, per se. Um, but we did run into uh, a, a situation. It was our first day that, uh, that we were going into the park. And as Ben had mentioned, um, we did. We rehearsed these scenes um, prior off, uh, you know, off property in, uh, in a controlled environment. So we had an idea of what we were going to do and trying to get everything in one take uh, or as, as, uh, the minimal amount of takes as possible. And... Um, and so we all had this, you know, just this anxious feeling of, you know, like what we were doing and, you know, like being cautious about it. It did seem, you know, almost, you know, like a, a, a spy novel, if you will, of, you know, like infiltrating a certain area because we had it choreographed, so, you know, so precisely. It's like, okay, Ben's going to be over here. We're going to have the cinematographer, uh, you know, the DP over here. We're going to be over here. Um, and then when you see, uh, you know, when he sees the DP give the signal that it's rolling, he's going to give the action sign. And uh, so it's all triangulated and we've rehearsed it. We've get it, get it ready. So it's the day of the, uh, you know, it's the day of the shoot and it's first thing in the morning and we're going up into uh, um, baggage check. And so all, everybody's in their positions and we're nervous and all of that. And I've got my bag and, so we see that, you know, the go sign. And so I start to move towards um, the baggage and I'm passing the camera uh, and immediately uh, security comes up and says, we can't have, you, the, you know, that camera. Not necessarily recognizing the fact that she was capturing me, um, but she, they told her that she couldn't film on this side of the uh, security check. If you want to do it on the other side, that's fine. And so 
I end up going through uh, the baggage check, and now we're getting ready to go and slide, uh, you know, and go through ticketing. And it's been such a long time since I've actually had to, 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 well, since I was a kid, I hadn't actually gone through Disney kiosks or anything. And I was amazed the technology that they have now. Um, so this was all new to me uh, because we had to uh, scan your thumb. Well, in one of the scenes, my character comes up with this plan because he is an employee there and they know his thumbprint um, or his finger, his index fingerprint. So what you know you'll have to see how he does it but he ends up having to have it wrapped in a band-aid so he could use his other finger well uh we had scouted out the park a couple days prior just went in as guests and ben showed us you know like this is you know where we're gonna do this this and that and we got to bond the the young lady who played my daughter was nice because we got to bond um and so unbeknownst to myself um my fingerprint was already in the system, okay? So now I have to go in through here, and I'm fully in character. Now, and I've got, I've got the, uh, the uh, uh, camera. It's set up right in front of, you know, where I, I go in. And I have to, you have to see me kind of gesturing to the, key, the woman at the kiosk or the gentleman at the kiosk. Okay, look, I've got a Band-Aid on my, you know, I need to use my thumb, et cetera. So... We're, it's a go. Camera's rolling. I'm in line, waiting, waiting, waiting. I get up, and the gentleman in the kiosk, he says, what are the odds? I have no idea what he's talking about. And, I, and you know, he's looking at me. He's like, what are the odds, huh? And he lifts up his glasses, and honestly, I still did not recognize him. And I don't, I'm not dropping character. You know, there's no audio, so you can't hear what's going on. And uh, he says, yeah, I was, uh, you know, on your project. I had done a project about two and a half months prior to that. And he was the DP on that. What and are the chances? Exactly. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Now I'm shaking at this point, you know, because I thought, okay, we're bust. It's our first day of shooting. And um, we're, this we're is already. This the second shot, too. This isn't just yes. the first day. This is the second shot. Exactly. And so he's like, uh, you know, then I'd asked if he'd seen any of the footage that, and he says, oh, it's coming along. And it's just small talk. And, and so I still stay in character. I'm like, oh, I have to use my, uh, you know, I have to use my thumb because my finger. And he says, okay. And so I go and I use my thumb. Now, the fact that I had already been there, my fingerprint was in the system. So they had to redo it. But I didn't realize that. So he, wait, he picks up his hand, and I figured out what that meant. And this woman comes up with her clipboard, and I'm just – I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, okay, we're busted because I don't know really what uh, – and so as we're doing that, he looks, and he says, oh, so you, uh, you know, you, you've got a, your girlfriend. Oh, no, he says, you've got a uh, – uh, they're filming you. And I said, uh, yeah, it's my fiance. She captures everything. And he looks, and he's like, tripod, huh? I'm like, she's very, you know, she's very uh, specific and she's a professional uh, uh, of everything. She just wants to document the day. And um, <clears throat> be that as it may, you know, the woman comes up and they had to <clears throat> let the, the system know that I was changing fingers, uh, in other words. Right. But it, everything kind of came to a halt. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, the production has come to a halt. We haven't even made it into the park. And so finally that all goes. 
And I didn't stop. And in my head, once I finally got through, I just thought, okay, I hope that she didn't stop rolling. And so I get into the park and we had a little meeting place, if you, a rendezvous. And anyway, I go and I get my phone and all I see on my phone is abort, abort, abort. Before, so my phone was getting this message, but I turned the vibrate off, you know, as I'm going through. And so everybody reconvened and, uh, you know, it seemed like, okay, after that, uh, you know, we weren't caught and it seemed like it was smooth sailing from there. But we thought that the project was doomed right from the beginning. Jeez. But yes, what are the odds in this? Thousands and thousands of people, how many kiosks that I run into somebody who I, I did a project with, you know, two and a half months ago. Because once the once the film's released, um, then you will be more recognised. You're going to have to employ some of that um, false moustache type uh, <laughs> and and <laughs> actors' makeup maybe to uh, stay incognito when you visit the parks. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> well, hey, hopefully it gets that far. I would love to say that yes, that's what I have to do now to get into the uh, parks. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I think another thing about this film, which. Um, people will be getting excited about um I, I work in a part of london called paddington and for the last few weeks we've had a film crew um and all have been of these boards these boards everywhere saying uh, major hollywood production being filmed um you know be careful in this area if you, if you don't want to partake blah, blah 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 and i was trying to figure out what it was and there was a i saw a few um uh places where the crew were, were hanging out waiting to do the next shot because it was quite cold and I was looking in the windows and I couldn't really see anyone famous and this happened for about two weeks I was thinking well I can't believe they're filming a major Hollywood film right around the corner from where I work and uh, I googled it to see what was going on and they're filming the new Bourne film oh. and Matt hmm. da- when, and the next day I actually saw Matt Damon outside a shop Oh, wow. doing a scene in, in like a Land Rover and I was like literally 10 feet away from him you could get relatively close they didn't really close the streets as much as I expected them to um, and it's quite weird because obviously now although I like those films anyway I'm really excited to see this new one to see the locations they're filmed around where I work and I think that's what's so good about this is that there are parts of this film where you know, anyone that's been to, to Disney World can go, oh, yeah, I know I know where this is. It's not just, you know, a clever lookalike location. It's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, like one of the aspects of, um, for, for me and being so comfortable with this, and please don't take offense to this, Ben, but Ben's, you know, he's kind of a, a Disney nerd. And, um, and I mean that in the best possible, uh, <laughs> in the best possible way in, that if I'm going to, because it wasn't, when I auditioned for this, it wasn't, um, it didn't, that wasn't, I didn't know that that's what I was auditioning for. You know, it wasn't yes, like, we, okay. We did not, yeah, we didn't tell people that it was a Disney movie when, when we held auditions. That was a, a second step that we took people aside and, you know, explained them the, the plot of the film before so they accepted it. Is it true that you, you said the audition was for Star Wars Episode Seven? It, that's what yeah. I thought I was going yeah, in absolutely. for. Um, no, it's uh, uh, and the sides, everything had been, you know, the the sides, the audition sides had been altered. So the names that might give it away and the kind of the storyline uh, was changed. So I had no idea. And then when uh, uh, Ben had called me, um, I don't, I don't remember how long it was, and asked me if uh, I'd be interested in coming in and reading with uh, some actresses that are are they're going to play my daughter, et cetera. 
and basically saying that he was offering me the job. And I said, absolutely. And, um, and so then he handed me the script and, <clears throat> and it, it said the, uh, you know, the Florida project was the, uh, the pseudo name for it. And when, <laughs> when I, when I looked and he, and then he told me, you know, what their, uh, itinerary was, what their objective was. And, uh, and he said, are you, uh, are you in, uh, and I said, absolutely. And, you know, he says, well, you know, they're, they're people that may, you know, in the community at Disney that, uh, you know, if you have a future there that, that some people may say something about it. And, um, I wasn't in any kind of position like that, that I was going to, uh, that was going to, uh, affect me not taking the role. Um, but going into, you know, like some of the pre-production on my end, you know, when working with him and, and some of the character work is, you know, sitting a, a, and realizing how passionate this man was about this. And this is truly piggybacking on what you were saying about seeing the locations. And this really is a film for, uh, uh, yes, anybody can watch it and enjoy it, but this is truly for Disney fans. There's things in there that I had no idea what I was, you know, like, what references there were, you know, these references were, uh, um, that people who are in the know and, uh, are familiar with, uh, you know, just Disney fans, they will know. So, uh, that's, you, you, to, to, to be, to be involved with a project over the, over the, um, about the last 14 years, whether it's film or, or theater, one of the, 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 Best things for me is to be involved with a project where the captain, if you will, has such enthusiasm and in such passion because it's infectious. And so, in that, you know, you put your, you're willing to put your, uh, put yourself in their hands. And, um, you know, he's just so passionate about telling this story. And as, you know, as, a, you know, as a, being a Disney fan. And, and bringing his nerdism out in, in the best possible way, Ben. And please don't take that as an insult uh, by any means. Um, but it was, it was absolutely lovely to be a part of that. Uh, and it's, I wanted to do it right in that sense or the best that I could because he was so passionate about this project and uh, you know, so dedicated to it and, uh, and the story that he wanted to tell and the reasons why he wanted to tell it. And to me, I think the projects like that, that, you know, because since then, fortunately, I have been involved with, uh, with, uh, uh, several films, two features since and a half dozen shorts. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to, uh, you know, to have somebody at the helm that is as passionate about what they are doing and the story that they are wanting to tell. I mean, I think that's a beautiful thing to say. And to be honest as well, I think anybody that's listening to this podcast, um, probably think of themselves as a Disney nerd anyway. Yeah, so, I don't think I, you're going to offend anybody with that yeah, one. Yeah, I think you're pretty safe <laughs> with that comment. To, to be <laughs> um, ben, just um, mm -hmm. trying to wrap up shortly, but um, when is this expecting to, to be released? I know there's a, there's a thing at the end of the trailer, but, um, you know, what what's the game plan once this is all said and done? Well, actually, once I uh, once we finish this podcast, I'm going to meet with my editor and uh, see if he's finally got that rough cut together. Um, but uh, that that aside, uh, we are looking to finish up um, and hopefully have a screening for the Kickstarter backers towards the end of 2016. And um, that would put us on track to be sort of on the film festival circuit in early 2017. 
uh, which would which would kind of get it out there and uh, get it hopefully playing in several places across the country um, in the U.S. and possibly overseas where people could go and see it. Well, we'd definitely like to to be a part of that because um, I'm all right in thinking there's a scene. I'm not sure if it's made the final cut. I mean, obviously you'll get more of an idea after you've recorded this show. But um, mm-hmm. isn't there one where uh, Daniel's character is actually listening to Disaster Dark uh, on his on his way to the park? Isn't that right? We can we can probably add that in if that's something that uh, you know, especially <laughs> if there's a little sponsorship money. Um, you know, I don't know if that's a possibility or not. But we'll, we'll get our people to speak to your people, and we'll see what yeah. we can okay. work out. <laughs> you can put it in just after the Olaf scene, you know, because it's Walt's frozen head, and we know that anything yeah. that's got frozen in it must have Olaf in it. Right. So just the days after that scene can go right after that. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I you know, I, I think I speak on on all of us here that. You know, we've ex- been excited with what we've seen so far and what you have uh, have been able to tell us about the film. And you know, tw- I've actually changed my my thing today, uh, my status um, as being I want it to be the seventeenth of December already. That's a different, that, yeah. different reason. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, <laughs> probably my second most anticipated film of of next year is is, is going to be this one. Beautiful. Oh, we are very happy with that. To be fair, I've not seen the Captain America Civil War trailer yet, so so maybe that might just be a little okay. bit. Ahead well, if that beats that. us, that's, I, you know, I guess yeah. I'd, I'd be alright with. As that. long as we have comparable box offices, that's that's really what. <laughs> there I'm you go. That's it. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask that because you know that, that has the the cinematic uh, failure of um and I, I mean the the release at the cinema by that. Um, of Tomorrowland, a, a film named after a part of the park. Has that in any way worried you that you may not hit the same box office numbers as that? <laughs> if we hit half of Tomorrowland's box office, no. no in all seriousness, um, we're we're really planning after we go through the film festival cycle, um, a VOD release. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably going to be a self-distributed uh, deal. Um, you know, in this day and age, it's sort of you either are a blockbuster or you're not, and everything that's not is kind of still able to be out there and exist, but but not kind of operating at that same level. Mm. It's ama- you know what it's it's absolutely amazing. I just watched and it did take me a little while, but I just watched the new Jurassic World last night. Um, and you know what? Uh, it was entertaining. It was it it really was. But the amount of money that 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 film made it's 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 staggering, didn't it? It toppled like a billion dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. In that in that sense. And, you know, not to hop on any kind of, you know, but you just think about, uh, you know, like the, the budgets that, that some of these films are, um, are given. And it, I'm piggybacking on what you said, ben, ben, about it's either a blockbuster or not. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, the, what is it? One of these films have already been um, slated a, a budget of a billion dollars. And that is, it is when, when I'm watching, you know, this, uh, this new Jurassic and it was good. I was entertained. Um, I won't, you know, I'm not talking about, uh, well, I'm talking about it here, obviously, but it's not something that's going to stick with me. And to think that, 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 you know, a movie that it made so much money um, and that there are stories out there that, uh, you know, that beautiful stories that, uh, 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 that it just doesn't, rec- you know, it doesn't, that, that people don't necessarily see because of the fact that okay, well, you know, it's not a you know a, a four hundred million dollar film, um, 
And I, I don't know what I'm 100% trying to say here. It's, this, it, it's in the sense of, you know, like, yes, there is either blockbuster or, or not. And that's, that's too bad because, you know, people need to realize that there is still good film out there and it doesn't have to cost, uh, you know, $400 million to make is, is, is all I'm trying to say. I, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I think, I think, I think the point you're, you're trying to get to there really is that the, the amount of money that's spent on the film doesn't always uh, demonstrate how good a film is. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy Jurassic World, but let's be honest, it's it's uh, a roller coaster summer blockbuster. It's what it is. Um, everyone I know that that's watched it moans about the story. I, I think the story is fair enough, but let's be honest, with any kind of film like that, you it's a popcorn film. You want to sit there. You don't want to think too much about it. You want to be entertained. You want to watch the effects. You want to watch the, the, the spectacle of it all. But you're not going there to watch this amazing story because at the end of the day, when you're spending $200 million making a film, you just want it to make sure it's entertaining. The storyline is second uh, yep. for a lot of these films. I mean, Jesus, look at the Transformers franchise. Huh. <laughs> you know, and how much money they make and how much money they cost to make. But they're successful films. Um, and I think one thing that's good about services like um, like Netflix um, and things of, of that nature is that you know it gives sometimes a chance for these films that weren't able to uh, be able to open across thousands of screens. Um, and you know sometimes wouldn't get a similar release at all. The ability to be on a service where you've already paid your money. If you want to go and you know if somebody sees the Adventures of Waltz Rosen Head come up and thinks, oh, that that title sounds quirky, they haven't got to think. Well, you know I'm going to now lay down ten dollars to watch it if they're watching it on mm-hmm. Netflix or something like that because it's there to watch. Absolutely. So absolutely. That, so that isn't a barrier. When you've got VOD, that is a bit more of a barrier, but I don't, I, I still don't think it's it, it's as much as a barrier because, you know, I've got a family of four. If we want to go to the cinema, we we won't yet. My my son's still too young. But if the four of us wanted to go to the cinema, we're looking at a good, uh, I don't know, thirty, forty quid sometimes to go. So you're looking, you know, fifty, sixty dollars for a family to go and watch a film. When you've got to make a choice about going to see a film and you're spending that kind of money to see it, you've got to really think, is this experience going to be worth the money? If you are going to pay $10 to watch something on VOD, it's a much lower risk to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it's, it, uh, well, it's just, be, well, A, because, you know, in order for these, these you know, four or five, six hundred million dollar, uh, you know, they, they've got to bring in that money somehow. And it, it is, like you said, it's so expensive to go uh, and, and to, you know, to see a movie. I went to see Mad Max in, um, in 3D uh, with, uh, with a friend of mine and I bought the tickets in advance and that was almost $70. Now, granted, I knew what I was getting into, but just exactly like you said, I knew, I knew that I was going to go in and see this amazing uh you know, 3D uh, spectacle. I knew exactly what was going on. So, you know, what you're saying, it is absolutely, uh, absolutely valid. And there's, you know, yeah. What are you gonna? What What do I want to go and spend that money on? Do you know, take a chance on something or something that it has been marketed? Uh, and so, you know, uh, so a film like this, I think that that marketability is is 100. Uh, you know, it's through fans. You know, fans sharing and. And just uh, just like yourself, being so excited to see, and if we can get that enthusiasm 
you know, uh, I just hopefully it will just it will spread and be infectious, and everybody will look forward to uh, to seeing it. No, absolutely. And as someone that's just spent about sixty-five, seventy dollars on tickets to go and see Star Wars in laser IMAX, then you know, there's certain <laughs> yeah. films when that's that's acceptable. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, and I'm taking it. This isn't going to be aiming for an IMAX release. You've not uh, filmed it with IMAX cameras or expecting to blow it up. Unfortunately, no, no. IMAX is probably a little beyond our resolution. Um, so. <laughs> That's great. Well, um, guys, uh, thank you so much for coming on uh, and talking about it um, as much as you have. Um, just before uh, we wrap up the show, um, can you do you want to have another plug? Um, sure. I I just want to let people know where they can find me, and that's on Twitter at Waltz Frozen with no O head um, at Twitter and uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Waltz Frozen Head. Uh, and there's also waltzfrozenhead.com. Uh, both the Facebook and the website have more information about the film. The uh, Twitter account is Walt's uh, Uncensored Opinions About Life, the company, and uh, everything else that's going on. And is there a Kickstarter? There's not a Kickstarter currently, but is there another Kickstarter coming, did you say? Or um, Yes. It, it really depends on how some sort of Walt casting comes around. But if we find the right person for Walt... Um, then we're we're going to be looking at some potential post production finishing funds um, that we'll be looking to raise, and hopefully giving people just excellent perks and rewards to go along with those. Have you? I take it you're still waiting for Tom Hanks to confirm if he's going to redo the role. You know, we thought about that, but then we thought, you know, he's so iconic, and why do we want someone iconic for for yeah. Walt? We need someone who who can inhabit and be Walt. So uh, I'm I'm to be honest, I'm just gutted that he's not from New York because I would have put myself. Uh, forward for that role but i don't think okay. we'll ever went i want a cup of coffee so i you know for that reason alone i, I just you know i don't think it's it, you know that's my audition i don't think i'm going to go anywhere and that's that's completely fine um, <laughs> daniel if, if uh, people want to learn more about yourself um have you got a twitter or facebook uh yeah uh daniel underscore cooksley uh, actually, let me strike that. It's Cooksley underscore Daniel. Uh, that's how you can follow me on Twitter and just uh, Daniel Cooksley uh, Facebook. And, yeah, and then Walt's Frozen Head. You know, uh, I'm on board. Uh, so anything you, if you wanted to get a hold of me or find anything that I was doing, it any uh, you could just trace your way through uh, through Ben and uh, the film. Oh, cracking. That's great. And uh, yeah, so it, it's almost time for us to to call time, gentlemen, please. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone wants to contact the show, uh, again, it's www.disafterdark.com. I don't know if I did too many W's there. Who cares? Um, or facebook.com slash disafterdark. Yep. Twitter at disafterdark. Uh, email us at podcast.disafterdark.com. That's, that's the one I normally do. Yeah, no, well, I thought you were just mixing it up. Yeah. I thought you were testing me, and I've only had two ciders, so I was able to keep keep that thread in my head so not, not only have you only had two ciders i've only had one can of cherry pepsi max and i'm losing the plot so what happens with great power comes with great responsibility um guys thank you again for coming on um oh thank you yeah, absolutely thanks for having us no uh, you know anytime and of course as as the project goes on um you know once you've got a wall um when the kickstarter comes back up please uh, feel free to uh, to come back on the show and let us know. I'm, I'm sure uh, our listeners are, are as excited about this film as we are. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. Really Thank you for having us. No, not at all. It's been a pleasure. And 
I think, Paul, if if I'm correct, um, within the next the next few weeks, as I mentioned, of course, uh, the the other big film event mm-hmm. is, is Star Wars, and I think we're trying to do some special episodes. We are, um, yeah. So I think the original plan was for us to do um, uh, six mini episodes for each one of the films, mm-hmm. and then we thought about maybe just doing two longer episodes about the two trilogies. I think um, that's good. Yeah. Well, I, I do, but you know, I'm going to throw it out there. So um, it's always good to have some. Um, opinions from from the audience. I mean, I, I can see where this could go. We might get one response, and that's fine. But uh, if you've if the audience have a preference on on what you'd like to hear, um, we'll see if we can we can get that done in time. Uh, but yes, yeah, so certainly there'll be some Star Wars content coming out very soon. Uh, apologies if you don't like Star Wars, but if you don't like Star Wars, what can we say? Um, and if uh, we we other than the Star Wars stuff, we will see everyone in about two weeks time thank you for joining us and uh, good night thanks guys thank, thank you. you good night Take everyone care. Uh, and as Mr Boniface would say uh, 